Hey, everybody, it's Jeremy Roenick and Tim Peel right here on NoFilter.net. Again, it's Wednesday night. It's Snipes and Stripes. And we got a great show for you tonight. Hit Tim, I know you're excited because we're, we're going to get a little deep with a little controversy, um, a little bit of bad news, a little bit of fun news. And um, as usual, I think we're going to entertain anybody, everybody. How are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing great, buddy. I, I know you're in L.A. We talked earlier. As you can see, uh, it's you see the, 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 it all behind me. Yep. Yeah. Uh, tell the listeners why you're in L.A. because Andre Kopitar is one of my favorite guys. Yeah, I'm here in L.A. taking a couple clients to the game. And Andre Kopitar said, hey, listen, we're having a little ceremony for, for myself tonight. He's got a couple milestones that the Kings are going to honor him with. Um, one of the classiest, one of the nicest, one of the best players I've seen in a long time. Actually, Gretzky at one time called Andre Kopitar the top three best centers in the game, which is an amazing compliment coming from the great one. But I'm here to see Andre Kopitar get a, a few milestone awards, and then he has a party afterwards so I can go give him a hug and and see if the Buffalo Sabres can get their head out of their ass and play a game for, for once on the road and, and play a team. Not well, choke, not choke. You know what? Uh, before we move on, if Anze didn't play in L.A. his entire career, Jr., he would get a lot more recognition than what he does. If he played in Canada, New York, Chicago, this guy is a f phenomenal uh, player, one of the best two-way players in the NHL, and even more so, he's a phenomenal person. So please tell him sure I, said, I love the guy and uh enjoy your night but yeah there's a lot of stuff going on pal and i think it's important for us to lead off the show and talk about what's going on in the nhl uh, it's affecting the nhl because five players have had to take a leave of absence from their team because of an incident that happened with hockey canada back in 2018 at the world juniors in halifax yeah it's really sad and some some prominent players some guys that are really really uh up and coming in the national hockey league uh no no other one than than carter hart who we know is the backstop for the philadelphia flyers um you know you can you can name the names off if you want but carter hart this is a big blow to the philadelphia flyers that's a big blow to all the teams but it's a big blow to these players i mean I, this really this really makes me sad it makes me sad for everybody on all sides the players and it makes me sad for uh, the, the, victim. The, the for the victim involved now obviously you know nothing is charged until they go through the system and go through all the parameters of uh, of an investigation and all that stuff and then it, it, it would i would have to think a trial but i i i i really hope this does not end their careers they're young kids and they've made a mistake um by the way the young female made a mistake I think they're all involved, and it's really it's unfortunate that this has to happen. Five players and one female. It's never going to turn out right. It's it's really not a good situation for any everyone. But my question is, why is it five years ago? Why is it coming out now? Uh, that's it's always bothered. It's always bothered me. Um, if something happens to this nature, why doesn't it come out right away? And yeah, I. I, I don't know. All I know is Hockey Canada has been embroiled in a lot of controversy the last couple of years. They paid this young lady three and a half million dollars um, in a settlement. And I thought that probably was the end of it. But now the police have in investigated it. And these five gentlemen, Dylan Dubé from Calgary, 
Carter Hart from Philly, as you mentioned, Michael McLeod and Cal Foot from Jersey, and Alex Formenton. He plays in Europe. Uh, he's Ottawa's draft pick. The five of them have to report to the London police within the next few days, and I don't know if charges are going to be laid. I read up read as much as I could about it today, uh, but them going to meet with them is certainly not good. And if they are charged, Jr. Uh, from what I read from Rick Westhead, who is a prominent writer on TSN, he kind of is a, he, he, he's the guy, uh, some people don't like him. Uh, I actually, I think there's a place in, in journalism for a guy like him. He's wrote a lot of controversial stuff, but you know, a lot of it, not a lot of it, but he's just, he digs up facts and stories that nobody really wants to talk about. And I read today that, um, they're not charged, but they have to meet with the police. So if they are charged with sexual assault, are their careers done? Well, you see the way the National Hockey League's going um, and the way that they are treating this sort of behavior. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember the, uh, the young player from Phoenix that got drafted in the first yep. round. That got... Uh, that got um, accused of some racial slurs when he was a young kid, uh, when he was a teenager. Um, and he got so much backlash from the fans that Arizona ended up releasing him. Boston tried to sign him, and then the backlash came again, and Gary Bettman refused to let this kid play over racial slurs that the, he so-called did, uh, allegedly did, as a young kid, as a, a young teenager. Um, if not, you know, 11 or 12. So you're looking at you're looking at a league right now that has almost a no tolerance policy. Um, you saw what happened with Corey Perry yep. in Chicago in Chicago. Um, it's more has come out about what Corey Perry did. It's just, you know, being um, indecent and speaking to um, somebody in the organization. And that is something that is not going to be tolerated. Um, and especially in Chicago, because of all the all the off ice situations that they have had to go through uh, with the sexual assault um, back in you know 2011, so the the attitude is changing right now. And by the way, you could argue that if Corey Perry did what he did on any other team, he he might still be on that team and just got fined or disciplined and and nobody so on would so forth. But he would probably even know about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Chicago is just a little different story because they've been under scrutiny and they are making sure that there is a no, it is a no tolerance policy in Chicago. But this one is a tough one because um, I, I would have to think that these boys are going up to Toronto to, I mean, to um, London, Ontario to give their story and mm -hmm. whether they are going to get charged from their story and then listening to the opposite side story. Um, this is, this is a, this is a, a bad, bad situation. And I, I, like I said before, I feel terrible for all of them, but I sure hope that their, their careers aren't ended because of this stupid situation. Yeah. We've all, you know, listen, that if, if we had cell phones and cameras and every, when I was a, a teenager, these guys are young men. Um, we cannot, you can't forget about. The, the the young lady involved, but we don't know the whole story, so we cannot 
we, we don't know the whole story. So you can't say they're guilty. You can't say they're innocent. We don't know the whole story and we don't know what happened that night. Um, but you know, from everything you read, they're, they're good young men that, you know, did they have indiscretions that night? I don't know. I don't know. We don't know what happened. So it, it's unfortunate. And, uh, listen, Listen, I I have come to realize in my in my life that when you you put you put your if you're in a precarious situation and maybe an uncomfortable situation or maybe a, a weird situation, this situation being one girl, five guys, probably not going to end up well on either anybody, side. Anybody, and yeah, yeah. Uh, not not a good situation to put yourselves in on both sides. The five players or the female involved uh not making any blame towards her no but because we don't know but that's not a situation that you put yourself in because nothing good can come of that at all so let's no. hope everything turns out okay for everybody involved and it's um you know hopefully the the, the female is is in is okay and is you know her life is is you know moving along and she's not damaged by it and hopefully the players can give their side of the story and continue yeah. their careers. It's, it's really a tough thing to talk about because you, yeah, it is. you can't, because you can't really rip anybody for no. not really knowing, let, let the, let this process unfold yep. and then yep. see what happens from there. Oh, but I again, was, on the flip side, you know, we talk about, we talk, we just talked about Corey Perry and Corey Perry now just joined the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton takes all the reclamation projects. They took our buddy Evander King, and look what he's done for them. He's hey, they're the second the chance team. Exactly. They're the second chance team. And you know what? Good for them. I love it. Good for them. Um, because, listen, Evander Kane, it was more than his second chance. It was more like his third or fourth chance. But for Corey Perry, who's had an exemplary career, um, had uh, a Hart Trophy winning season, led the league in goals, won a Stanley Cup, um, has been a great leader, has played in how many Stanley Cup finals over the last five years, more than anybody, I believe. And um, now he's he's sitting in Edmonton with a team that's on a 14-game win streak. It's, it's a great story. Well, you know what? We're going to take a lot of credit for that 14-game win streak because since Evander Kane came, came on our show, I think they've won – 10 or 11 of those 14. So we're going to take a little bit of snipes and stripes. are going to take a little credit for that. But Corey Perry, it, I love the guy. He's an incredible player, incredible uh, character player. But my question to you is he's 38. He'll be 39 when the playoffs start. And I assume Edmonton's going to be in the playoffs. Does he – how much can he contribute to a team right now, Jared? Well, I think he can, can still contribute a lot, especially on the power play. He's been on the second power play down in Tampa, and he was on the power play in Chicago. The guy can can still skate. Um, if you look at Corey Perry's career, he really wasn't a guy who threw his body around everywhere and was reckless, and he's still in pretty good shape. He can still skate pretty well. I think in the locker room, he's, he's going to be a, a, a great influence on a lot of these guys, especially Connor McDavid and, and Dreisaitl, you know, Evander Kane. I agree. Um, but I do think he can he can add a lot, and so we got to go to Keenan because you know Keenan is a big, oh. big yeah Keenan's a big Edmonton fan, so we got to let Keenan come on uh, come on the show. One of our great features about 
nofilter.net as we can bring the fan on. There he is. And he's wearing he his jersey. That a boy yes, in. So listen, you're you just wrote on the on the text chain that you're excited that Corey Perry's there, but you guys are on a 14 game win streak. Did you guys need him? And is he gonna is he gonna help you guys? So we are one thing we do really need, because our defense, I know before I was really hard on them and really critical of our goalie too. But our bottom six, if we could add even add extra to that depth scoring, that'd be amazing. And bringing a guy in like Perry who has that veteran presence, veteran leadership, who could play bottom six minutes and who's willing to, that'd be unbelievable to have him on there. Okay, now e- either one of you, you're on a 14 game win streak. Do you do you do you put him in if he's ready to play, or do you who wait until that win streak is is done? Yeah, who do you take out? Who do you take so, out of the lineup? Probably Adam Ernie. He's but, uh, Connor but, Brown. But again, thinks. but but again, everybody's flowing on all cylinders right now. Everything's thing, looking good. Thing is, though, we've changed our lineup so much, even throughout our win streak. Like we've had shuffled our bottom six forwards. We brought like Ryan down to the fourth line. Even brought in Hallway. Gagne came back. So I mean, it won't really disrupt anything. It's he's just another guy in the locker room, pretty much. It's like making a trade, right? So I mean, part of me is a little worried about that. I'll be honest. But hey, we'll see. I mean. If we lose the first game, then that wouldn't look good. But but yeah. a great point, Tim. He makes he makes a great point. They have shuffled guys around. In yeah, no, that's time. a that's a very good point. Hey, Keenan and Jr. How about Stuart Skinner, who everybody oh. wanted to vilify the first two or three months of the season? I watched his interview last night with uh, with who's. Uh, uh. Gene, 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 Prince Gene Bay. Yeah. Bay, one of the nicest guys in 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 uh, broadcasting. And Stuart Skinner even said he goes he goes to Gene. He goes, one of my biggest thrills is getting interviewed by you tonight. But Gene, Gene asked him. He goes, Stuart, what do you think? You just bro- you just broke Grant Fuhrer's record for eleven consecutive wins. Now, how about that, Jr. One of the most legendary, one of the top goaltenders of all time. And three yeah. months ago, they wanted to ship Stuart Skinner to the, to Bakersfield. Well, I, I, again, and Grant Fear is a very, very close friend of mine, and um, I don't like to see him get his records broken. But um, good for good for Skinner, uh, and good for the team for playing better in front of him. Um, you know, scoring goals with playing better defensively uh, as a team, and and I think. When your team plays better in front of you, obviously Skinner's going to get less of the quality chances, and he—I think he's bearing down. Keenan, I'd like to hear your your opinion on 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 him because he's well, he's been awesome. Well, and on in front of him too, he's had a great defense. Twelve games in a row with two or less goals—that really says something. I remember beginning of the year we we're giving up odd man rushes and everything, but Skinner is just—he's a brick wall in that. Like we yeah. can be down a goal, and I know that the team will put in front of him, and he can just shut the door. Like last night, he gave up a goal four minutes left in the first period. I was at the game last night, actually. It was lots of fun. And to see how he literally shut the door, all the rushes in front of the net, and all the stoo chance raining down. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can hear it on TV. It's, That's it's awesome to see that he's been playing as a young guy, too. Well, Keenan, I, listen. I love getting your opinion. Your opinion. I, we know you're a big Edmonton fan. I, I, I just hope that you, uh, you're not really talented at driving and doing this camera at the same time. I, I'm, I'm sitting right now. I'm sitting in my car. Right <laughs> Keenan, Keenan, one last thing before we let you go. I want to. I want to. Uh, we'll make it quick, but I want you to give your, your. You've got a new podcast coming out. I want you to give it a plug, okay? Because okay. we're Because we're happy for you, okay? I appreciate you guys. So it's called Let's Talk About It. 
I'm going to be touching on hockey, and I'd, I'd love to have you guys on too eventually once I get it going here. But uh, it's called Let's Talk About It, being the Canadian beanie that it, it is. And it's basically, I'm going to be talking a lot of hockey. I'm going to try touching all over the league. But at the same time, I do want to touch more life in general, like things like people are going through. And just, it's, talk, it's let's talk about it for a reason. Let's talk about something you have on your mind. Let's bring it on. And I don't I have it. a set schedule yet for it, but I'll see. I'll definitely keep you updated oh, on what Hey, you know, you know, right here on No Filter, you can start your own show right here on No Filter, and we'll take care of it with you. So don't, well, don't forget well, about well, us. Here we would love to come on, buddy, when you yeah. get it going. So Definitely. And one episode's out already. One episode's sure. out already. Awesome. Well, Good I'm luck. coming on because, obviously, I love to talk. So... Yeah, you're, sure. the, you're, you're the best, buddy. I'll see you later. Really appreciate you it very much. You're you're a special guy. Um, okay, yeah, I gotta go on a show. I love I love that idea. Talk oh, about everything. It's but, awesome. Oh, yeah, I boy, saw his, me, I saw his logo. Me. I saw his logo, and our American listeners won't get it, but our Canadian listeners will. It's let's talk about it. T o q u e, and it's it's a it's a, a winter cap. So it's awesome. good for him. I love okay, it. Okay, so listen, so. So listen, we got. Let's keep moving along because we're kind of everything we're talking about is moving into another kind of situation. Um, so here we got um, Corey Perry gets a second chance in Edmonton, and there's a player in Toronto who actually has not gotten a second chance. Has been out for almost five weeks, seventeen or eighteen games, um, and Ryan Reeves seems to be uh, perplexed why he's not playing, or at least he's dropping some hints that. Even though he's on injured reserve, he's not hurt. There's something serious going on about Ryan Reeves, and I I have an idea of maybe of what's going on, what's happening. But what's your take on Ryan oh, Reeves? Well, I, I have an idea. He can't play in the league anymore. That's the idea. Like I love Revo. He had a, he, listen. He was one of the toughest guys in the league. He I I roughed him his entire career. He was in St. Louis. I got to see him a lot tremendous guy it's not a personal thing when I say he can't play in the league anymore but at the end of the day he can't keep up to the pace of the game he's he, listen he's only making 1.3 million in the salary cap that's nothing okay the league minimum 775 he's not make, but he's got two years left after this deal Troy Levin signed him to a to a three-year deal and good for good for Revo to get that contract but there's a reason he uh, he was with the Rangers. They let him go. Then he went to Mini. Billy Guerin brought him in. I'm sure he realized, you know, he brought him in to, to protect Kaprizov. They brought him into Toronto because they got pushed around the playoffs and they don't have a lot of uh, grit and determination. But he can't play in the league anymore, buddy. And it's just well, I'm starting to think. Up. I'm starting to think where, where I thought he was a good influence in the locker room and a good influence on some players that they would give him a little bit more, um, get a little bit more bravery on the ice and maybe give him some more room. I'm starting to think maybe Ryan Reeves is more of a of a nuisance in the locker room and maybe a nuisance in the media because you. I don't think you come into Toronto, uh, especially the hockey capital of the world and the media hockey capital world. And as a fighter, um, you come in and you start your career with, or the season with Toronto saying something like this. Yeah, I mean, I never really liked him to be honest. Um, but we, we always seem to kind of run into each other when we played against each other, but uh, yeah, not a lot of love for that guy. First day I met him on the ice. Is there anything particular that makes hateable? Uh, 
just the way he runs his mouth. I don't know. He kind of acts tough. He's not tough. I don't know. No, no, definitely wouldn't. So, to me, here's Ryan Reeves coming into Toronto, and he's talking about Corey Perry. Correct. He's talking about a guy who won the Hart Trophy. He's talking about a guy who won a Stanley Cup. He's talking about a guy he's never even met. And yeah. he's talking about how he didn't like him right when he's on the ice because he started lipping his mouth or whether he's yapping. Well, look what he's doing. He's yapping all, all over the place. That's and he, he, hasn't won, he hasn't won half of the stuff or had even a quarter of the career that, that Corey Perry had. And for the nerve of him to go into the media and start throwing verbal jabs at people that have had the career of Corey Perry and then continue on with some of, some of his rants that he's had, um, I don't think this is what Toronto wanted to see from from Ryan Reeves when they signed him. No, you know what? That's a great point because you played with a lot of tough guys. I refereed a lot of tough guys. They weren't the soundbite in the dressing room. And he saw this as an opportunity. And you and I talked about it back in October, one of our first shows. I said, I think he's setting himself up for a career already at Sportsnet, TNT, wherever. And... I agree he might with get you. it sooner. He might get it sooner than you think. He might get it sooner than later because he may get bought out. And uh, yeah, I didn't like that either. He showed disrespect to a guy like you. You alluded to earlier that's that's played in more Stanley Cups in the last five years than anybody. He's won a Stanley Cup, respected by everybody in the league. I love Corey Perry, and he came in there and was shooting his mouth off and saying he's not that tough. Well, yeah, we know Corey Perry's not that tough. That's not his role. But he'll stand up for himself too, so he yep. he is pretty tough. But yeah. well, I was having this I was having this conversation with uh, Craig Gravey and Andrew Peters this morning on After the Whistle, who everybody can listen to every every Wednesday, um, and they made a good point: Is Ryan Reeves yipping his mouth off like this if they had Dave Manson and Stu Grimson and Bob Probert and Kelly Chase and Tony Twist on the ice? Not a chance. He knows. He knows he's one of the last two or three guys in the league that can even fight anymore. Like him and the guy from Montreal, uh, Wi-Fi, they call him. There's not many guys that that are of his uh, toughness and, and, and caliber, and he knows it. And, and... Yeah, but all the more reason, right? All the more reason why you just keep your mouth shut and just yeah, don't do your job. Be humble. Like, exactly. Go do your job on the ice. Protect your players. Be a good voice in the locker room. Be, you know, go out and yap on the ice, right? Go out and tell the guys, if you touch my guys, I'm going to beat the crap exactly. out of you. Right? Exactly. Do, do your job on the ice. Don't go to the media and start throwing stuff like that. Now, listen, who am I to talk? Because I did a lot of yipping and yapping and all that stuff. But listen, I scored a lot of goals in the league. You know, right. I did a lot of. I had. A, I. I didn't win a Stanley Cup. No, but I didn't go around saying that Wayne Gretzky or M- Mark Messier or Mario Lemieux were right. good guys, and I didn't like them. You know, and yeah, it's just I don't know. He, I think he. I think Revo. If I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass here, I think he got caught up in the Toronto media. He got caught up because they brought they brought him Bertuzzi and uh, uh, Tommy in for some grit. Uh, I saw the opening night. I saw it yesterday. Opening night, they announce him. He comes out of the tunnel. You know what he does? He flexes to the crowd. He flexes and he points to his muscle. Come right. On. That's the that's 
That's the that, way he introduces himself to the crowd. That is so bad. Does he does, like? Does he feel he has to let everybody know that he's tough and strong? I guess he so. Has to let everybody know. I mean, his reputation should precede him, right? He's just come out, shake his, you know, to do a little uh, little head bow, thank you, everybody, and then then do what he needs to do. Totally. Listen, I don't know Ryan Reeves. He could be the best guy in the world, but I totally think that he 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 outkicked his coverage on this one. And now yeah. and now he's not playing. And I think he's trying he's trying to tip tip the scale right now to get Toronto to trade him because you don't go in the media and say, I don't know why I'm an injured injured reserve when I'm not injured. Right. No, 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 that's not good. That's not good. He's not he's not getting back into this lineup chair. I, I bet you this summer he gets bought out because he like I said earlier, he can't play in the league anymore. We we bought out. I think he's gonna be gone by the trade deadline and, and, exactly. and gonna have to pick up some of his some of his slack. We watch hockey every night. Who's he gonna who's he gonna he the St. Louis Blues are middle of the pack? I see them play every night. He's not taking uh, Torpchenko's Tor spot, the guy that can skate and bubble. He's not, and, and we don't have the fighting in the league anymore. So, anyway, enough. But I want to ask you because I love this hire, and you've got a bit of a history with this guy, and, and it's awesome. There's some great sound bites out there, and this was, this was phenomenal. But I loved Lou Lamorello went outside the box. And I, th I think that's our fifth or sixth coach that's been fired this year, which is unbelievable. It was four before Christmas. And Lou, sweet Lou brings in Patrick Waugh. And wow. Pat Patrick Waugh, when he came, came into Colorado, he was fiery. He was fiery like he was on the ice. And he's, he's probably matured a lot. He's probably learned a lot going back and coaching again. But I don't think he's lost that fire either, and I, no. I it won't take much to set him off again. I, I want to hear your because I know you respect him, but you guys got into it a lot. The old two rings in yeah. the year, yeah. you were giving it to him. Tell the listeners about that. Well, I, I actually love that Patrick was back in the league. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for him, and I also hated playing against him I, because he was frustrating. But I scored a lot of goals on him. But he was he was a yapper. He would always yap at me at the in the games. He's going to be a tough coach to play for in, in the island. I think Lou wants a little bit of toughness in his team. I think he wants more consistency with his team. I think he wants a, a better defensive minded team right now. They're they're letting up over three goals a game right now, which is not good for a team that doesn't have the high scoring punch that say Vancouver does uh, or Edmonton or Colorado. So I think this is a wake up call for this team saying. Good luck, boys. You better play well because you don't want to piss Patrick Waugh off like I did back in 1996 in the playoffs. We're playing in the first round against Colorado. I'm with Chicago. We're up two to one going into game four in Chicago. Now in game three, I come in on Patrick Waugh on a breakaway and absolutely roast his ass with a deke and score a goal. And he goes sliding into the corner and his and it was just, it was beautiful. <laughs> game four. And so we won game three. Game four, we're tied. We're in overtime. I am on an all-out breakaway. And you guys can go, everybody can go to YouTube and and and, and YouTube, you know, Ronick gets tripped on, on, on breakaway. But I'm on an all-out breakaway. 
and Koho is Koharski is the ref. And Sandus Ozelinch pushes me, dives from behind me and pushes the back of my my heel. And I my whole leg goes out from under me and I fall backwards and I slide into net and into the corner. Not even a penalty call, not even a penalty shot. No. It is, it is the epitome of if you look at the NHL rules of a breakaway right. taking and getting tripped on a breakaway, what a penalty shot means. This is the absolute ultimate definition of a penalty shot, and Coho didn't call a penalty. And I'm sitting here going, are you shitting me? Yeah. And I'm yelling and screaming on the ice. I'm like, what are you doing? And I, the only thing I can think of is that it's the old mentality of refereeing saying, let the, pl- let the, the players, um, no penalties, no pe- penalty shots, yeah. let the game figure itself out, let the referees stay out of it. But this was so blatant. And I was so mad. I got in the locker room, and I'm ripping Coho, and I'm ripping the the, the call, and I'm just, in the media? just pissed. In the media, I am yeah. just pissed that the refereeing was so bad, and that he didn't call a penalty shot in overtime. And Patrick heard heard this from some of the media, so Patrick goes, "Oh, it wouldn't have mattered if he had a penalty shot because I would have saved. I would have saved it anyway." And I went, "Really?" Where were you in game three on the breakaway I had when I put your jock up in the, up in the rafters? You know, and I totally embarrassed you on that one. And then it goes back to Patrick, and he had that famous line, which was just awesome. He goes, well, I don't heard what Jeremy Roenick say because I got the two Stanley Cup rings blocking my ear. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, what a comeback that was. I mean, that was a great comeback. Yes, he has two Stanley Cups. He's, he's the second highest goaltend winning goaltender in the, in hockey history and I'm sitting here going what do I say and I said well go tell Patrick why in English it's called plurals so if he has two rings and if they're in one ear then his other ear is wide open you should be able to hear me it's the only thing I could have said and, uh, so yeah so and that I mean that banter back and forth made every single headline across oh. the world and and Patrick, Patrick and I actually, we got a good chuckle from it. I think we respect each other tremendously because of that kind of situation because we love playing against each other. Right. When I scored a goal against Patrick Waugh, he would slam his stick on the ice because he was so mad that I scored on him. And if he made a big save when I had it, I was so mad because I, we just wanted to just grill each other because both of us have that competitive edge that we just – we loved competing against each other no matter where we played. And I have the utmost respect for Patrick Waugh and his love for the game. And I really hope he does well in, in Long Island. He had to shave his beard off. I got a kick out of that. I like, I love Lou, but geez, Lou, it's 2024. Let the guy keep his beard. Like, <laughs> and I well, got respect for Lou Lambert. Able, if, if he gets this team going and going the right way, he can grow his beard back in the playoffs. I don't right? think he'll say anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping that they make the playoffs. They, they, they've, you know, they lost last night. They're one and one under Patrick. But uh, I agree with you. I think the league's better with with Patrick Wine. So. Oh, there's no question about it. There's no was question about that, it. Was he that tough to score on? He was so good. So the the two hardest guys for me to score on were Patrick Wine and Marty Brodeur. And if you think about it, back those those are the two guys that really implemented the butterfly goaltending style. Yeah. So, I mean, Patrick. It, whether there's someone before Patrick, which I don't think there was, Patrick mastered it and made it very difficult for players 
to score goals. Because a lot of times in the 80s, you just shoot it on the ice and goaltenders didn't want right. to go down. Just right. go right in. That butterfly covers so much of the bottom of the net. And he was so agile and so athletic that that, um, you know, that move being literally a lower, lower net presence. Um, I think you can even, you can even ask Martin Brodeur where he learned to do it or why he started doing it. I'm sure he's going to say Patrick Roy. So they revolutionized the game. Let's uh, let's touch on Winnipeg. Winnipeg has only allowed three goals once in the last 35 games, which is unbelievable. It, this team, to me, like that's what you want as a team, especially going into the playoffs, right? Is this a team, Jr. that can sustain this? And this is, you know, our buddies Rick talk it. We love Vancouver. Uh, their goal differential, I think you and I said, was 59 or 69 today. It's unbelievable. Thatcher Demko will probably get the – well, it would probably be between him and Hellebuck for the for the Vezina this year. Can can Winnipeg sustain this? They just got Kyle Connor back from injury. Is this a team that you think can compete with a, with a Vegas or a Colorado? Well, we, we talked about them a month and a half ago. And we're, we're saying, can can they withstand it? Like they they've continued to win even with Kyle Connor out of the out of the lineup due to um, injury. Um, there's a couple there's a couple things that that this team does very very well. They play as a team very well. Rick Bonus is a mastermind of getting people to buy into a system. Um, and obviously, when you have a great goaltender like Hellebuck, who you know, could have won a Vesna Trophy last year or the year before. I yeah. think is a, him and Demko for sure are the lead leaders right now in that that category. But when you have a goaltender like that playing in front of you, the team can play so much more dominant, so much more confident, can take chances more, and they got some good scoring punch. I think they have great leadership. I, I, I their their leadership is just amazing. Um, this is a surprise the two surprise teams of the of the league this year you have vancouver which is what is the scoring juggernaut mm -hmm. and you have and you have winnipeg which is the defensive juggernaut it's pretty impressive watching these two um these two change and you know so you have edmonton flying high winning 14 games in a row you have winnipeg playing this way you have vancouver do we do we even venture to guess that we possibly could have a Stanley Cup winner come from Canada for the first time in 20 years, 30 years, 30 years. Has it been 30 years? 30 years. This year is the, is, this is the, um, the anniversary. Well, last year was the anniversary of the 30 years. So we're going on 31 this June. Uh, the empty Montreal Canadians won in 1993. So this will be 31 years this June since a Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup, which is really sad to tell you the truth um, in the hockey world. Well, I can tell you who it won't be this year. It won't be it won't be Toronto. They're they're just they're not built to to go four rounds. But Edmonton, Vancouver, you know what? There's a good chance that they could one of them isn't could it, make. Isn't it crazy watching looking at some of these rosters and seeing some of the names on the rosters? Like you look at Toronto's roster, it's impressive. It's, it's really, really impressive. It's you, really you look, you, but you look at Winnipeg's roster. You'll notice a few guys, but it's not anywhere near the roster of Toronto. 
No, yeah. but but you you know I wrote down here earlier. You got Tavares. He's making eleven million bucks a year. He's got uh, I don't know nine goals, ten assists, and is and and uh, there's one more year left of his deal. So I'm sorry, this team is not. And Brad knows knows it. Treloving knows it. He knows this. De- he knows this team is not built to win the Stanley Cup this year. JR, this they don't have the defense to win the Stanley Cup. There's not a chance they're going to win the Stanley Cup. I'm sorry to all the Leaf listeners out there, but they are not winning the Stanley Cup. Edmonton has a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Vancouver has a yeah, chance. But that, yeah, but uh, you, okay. So why do you say that Toronto can't win the Stanley Cup? What is the one? Is it the goaltending? Obviously, defense. the goaltending's been a problem. Defense. So the whole defensive aspect. Morgan right? Riley is your is your best defenseman. Morgan Riley is a pretty damn good hockey player. Very good, very good. But after the, after that, it drops off a lot. T.J. Brody, Mark Giordano, McCabe—they they don't have a great defense, buddy. They're they're weak on D, um, and their goaltending is suspect. Joseph Wool, who is by far their best goalie, is hurt right now. He's not going to be back until late February. Samsonov had a good game the other day, but this team right now, I don't the the pundits. You know, in, in in September, thought that this team could compete. I I don't even. I'm the Toronto media is so jaded sometimes. I don't even think they think that that the Toronto Maple Leafs can win a Stanley well, Cup. I'm going to say this on top of that. Um, not saying anything bad about William Nylander, but ever since he signed that contract, I have not seen the same zip that I saw pre-contract signing. I mean, he had a couple goals the other night, but one I think was an empty net or it was just a, a no nothing goal. But, boy, this guy has slowed his pace down in games since that signing, and that disappoints me, man. really does. You know you know who, who continues to amaze me is Kucherov in Tampa. Isn't it unbelievable what he's doing right now? That's not and the same I, team as three or four years ago. This, you know, they're fighting to make a playoff spot, and, and he's got 80 points this year. Well, listen, he's picking up. They, they've lost a couple of really good players on this on this lineup. I mean, um, you know, Braden Point is a great player, right? Um, but they've lost some key offensive guys that um, that I think has made their team weaker. The their, their Tampa Bay's fourth line is terrible. It's been terrible all yeah. year. Um, and that used to be their strength. It used to be their strength, correct? Yeah. And but their top guys. I mean, Kucherov is playing at an unbelievable level. Look, uh, obviously, Braden Point is still playing at a great level. Stamkos is playing great hockey. Um, I didn't think that Stam that uh, Kucherov could keep this pace up for an, a total season. Now, it's only been forty-eight games, but the guy's got eighty points. I mean, he's putting up he's putting up Connor McDavid numbers right now. Um, by far leading the candidates for the for the Hart Trophy this year for the most valuable player without question. Um, I even think he might even win it if the, if Tampa doesn't make the playoffs. It could be one of those situations. That's how good of a year he's being. Um, but the two best players that we've seen over the last year is is Kucherov and and McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon out of Colorado. Nobody scored more points than Nathan McKinnon since last January in the past calendar in the in the past calendar year. Which is crazy, knowing how many points Connor McDavid put up last year. It's unbelievable. He's he's a stud. It's it's crazy. Pittsburgh's not going to make the playoffs. It, you know, we saw their gaff two nights ago putting the puck in That's, their own net. Like, yeah, what happened with that? I you you, you I think we were talking about that own that, that 
<laughs> Pittsburgh put the puck in their own net. And by the way, what is Malkin doing being so lackadaisical oh, with the puck? I mean, yeah, I mean, Latang can't throw a puck backwards, you know, in the, in the, but they're doing this throw the puck back and set and up. do it all the time. Yeah. But come on, you know, Gino, Gino Malkin's one of my favorite players in the league, but for God's sakes, you can't be that lackadaisical when your team is not doing well and you're getting ready to go on the power play. But it was weird how it happened because I, should the play have been called whistled down? It was really weird. No, but what happened was, uh, and you could see the, the frustration with Sid after I've never seen him do this. He put his stick on top of his head. He was like, so frustrated. He's like, Oh my God, this, this epitomizes how our season's going. So, so uh, Arizona was on the power play. Pittsburgh was shorthanded. They had Harkins in the bench or in the penalty box. And all of a sudden Zucker takes a penalty for Arizona. So the referee's arm goes up for a delayed penalty. So if, if the puck doesn't go in the net, they're going to play four on four. While the puck goes in the net, the referees kept, even though they reported it in the game summary as a power play goal by Arizona, the referees kept the Pittsburgh player Harkins in the box. He had 50 seconds left in the penalty. He should have been released because Arizona scored and then Pittsburgh would have had a full two-minute power play, but they only had a minute and ten power play. Wow. So it kind of got swept under the not kind Very of weird situation. I've never seen that happen in the league yeah. before. That is pretty it's it's funny, it's stupid, and it's crazy all at one time. Well, if Andy, my old boss Andy Van Helman, if he had been the boss, I, those referees would have been would have been fine, but Stephen Walkham's a little bit nicer and uh it kind of got swept under the rug and nobody said oh, anything. So. so funny. Hey, listen, uh, I am in L.A., so I'm really excited to watch uh, L.A. play tonight and see Kopitar. But there's one person that I'm going to be watching very closely. And I've been very harsh on this player uh, since the summer. Um, and that's oh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Pierre complain Dubois. Right. Okay. So my rant about him this summer was I hope Pierre-Luc Dubois is happy now because he complained about Columbus. He wanted out of Columbus. He complained about being in Winnipeg. He got, he wanted out of Winnipeg. He got out of Winnipeg. He wanted to go play someplace that was a good team, good place to live. So where's the best place maybe to do that? The Los Angeles Kings, a great place to live. Manhattan, Manhattan. Beach, the Strand, wearing Where, slippers and, and all that stuff, which is great. Yeah. Flip-flops and T-shirts. You get to play golf if you want to. You can do anything you want. And then you get to go to the rink and play for a really good team. The Los Angeles Kings are fourth in their division. They're a strong team, great players, great coach, great organization. And what does Pierre-Luc Dubois do after signing an $8.5 million contract? He shits the bed. And he comes into, he comes into L.A. and he's just, a, he's just a loaf of a player. And I would be, I would be you know – if I complained that much, I'd be uh, on cloud nine and be, you know, skating my ass off because Pierre-Luc Dubois is a good player. But I am convinced now that he's lazy. Yep. He's lazy and he doesn't care. You know what, buddy? He, he's He is a good player, but there are clips from when he played in Columbus. There's clips when he played in, in Winnipeg. 
he's to your point he's lazy he is not if if ryan o'reilly had 80 percent of the talent that pierre luc dubois had pierre luc dubois needs to watch ryan o'reilly play hockey the 200 foot game the compete level all of that pierre luc dubois is lazy He's blamed everybody else. He didn't like torts in Columbus. He goes to Winnipeg, as you said. It's too cold. Uh, now he's in L.A. He's making eight and a half million bucks a year, and he is shitting the bed. And Todd McClellan has basically said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with him. I don't know where to put him in the lineup. They tried him on the wing with Kopitar to try to get him going. That didn't work. What do we do with this guy? At some point, I mean, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a kick in the nutsack. What a kick in the nutsack to the LA Kings for signing this guy to a huge contract and the first year of this huge contract. And by the way, he's a, he's a career 60-point guy. So LA really went over and above to make sure that this kid was getting paid and getting the money that he wanted. And really, I mean, the Kings organization is first class all the way. I don't care what anybody oh. says. And they 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 went above and beyond to make sure that Pierre-Luc Dubois was happy with his contract, even more so. And now yep. this is what Pierre-Luc Dubois gives the LA Kings. It's a joke. He's got nine goals. He's got 10 assists for 19 points. He's a minus 13. He's a minus 13 on one of the better defensive teams in the National Hockey League. This is a, this is a, a joke of a season. And right now, I cannot stand stand the name Pierre-Luc Dubois because I can't stand that Pierre-Luc Dubois is only seems to be caring about Pierre-Luc Dubois and it's showing in his play. I agree. He should be embarrassed when he sees Rob Blake, Luke Robitaille, Nelson Emerson, plus his teammates. He's making eight and a half. He's got seven years left. When, when that signing happened this summer, we're like, you know what? Everyone's looking for a, a, a centerman that's 6'4", strong down the middle right it's a great pickup but does he you know what let's give him the rest of the year I, I i he started out slow in winnipeg his first year and then he brought it on the second year i'm not saying that's going to happen again in la it does take players it i remember when justin falk came here from carolina to st louis his first year he was horrendous now he's him and him and you know either him and Franco are the best defenseman. It sometimes takes player takes players a, a year to adjust to a new team, new teammate surroundings. But I'm with you. Like he better, he, who's going to like, where are you going to go next? Like yeah. it's, it's funny. You said that. It's I'm from said that the upper yeah. Shut up. Right. Yeah. Our buddy, Joe, our buddy, Joe in a chat line says, and Winnipeg's a better team without him. It's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. strange, right. They are. Um, you know, Rock and Reese is saying, you know, is it safe to say that he has a Pierre of arrogance? <laughs> That's fine. I definitely think so. He's got, he definitely has a Pierre of arrogance. And uh, I just hope he has a little bit of pride and, and starts playing better. But at least, you know what? You can't fool us. You can't fool the fans. They see, no. your, they, they see your effort level. They see – they might not see that you score every night or that you're on the score sheet. But they do see they do see the work ethic. They do see your grind. They do see how much you care, and um, I hope we start seeing that from you know, Pierre you know Dubois because you know what the Kings the, the Kings deserve the best from him. You just touched on a great thing, and I know you got to go. You got uh, something to go to tonight, but 
you you touched on the work ethic thing. Um, Braden Shen hadn't scored in 17 games in St. Louis. He's the captain of the team, right? But he's out there fighting. He's out there doing exactly to your point. You can't fool fool the fans. And he's got to he's got to he's got to man up, Jr. And and he's got to take a long look in the mirror and say, is this is this the player I am? Yeah, it is. It's it's not good. Well, know? he he right now, as of right now, he can he can go down as one of the the biggest flops in NHL history. And I know that's saying something. That's that that's a big saying. But when you sign for the money that he he, he did. Um, and he was looked at to be a catalyst in, in Columbus. He was looked to be a catalyst in Winnipeg. Um, and now he's doing this. Um, I, I, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want that on myself. The guy's going to make 70, 80, 90 million as of at the end of his contract in career earnings. And th- these are your stats. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, be better. It, it, you know, and it's, it's just the effort level, right? Yeah, and, and for me, that's 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 not good. Um, hey, I know we got to. I know we got to take a shout out to our sponsors. Our sponsors are really important to us. Um, Bet online is 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 just a fantastic, um, just a, a great uh, company. And and if you want to make some money, go to Bet Online. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Bet Online, my Absolutely, friend? Absolutely, buddy. With the NFL playoffs here in the NBA season in full swing in the NHL. Bet online has you covered with all the up-to-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odd lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all your updated odds. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is where the game starts. Thank you for supporting us. Yeah, they are. So in saying that, so Whiskey in the Wild, uh, also my whiskey, whiskeyinthewild.com. Reach out to us and uh, and get yourself a bottle of uh, chocolate or chocolate orange whiskey. It is the best. And we did speak about bet online. Um, let's 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 give somebody uh, let's give some of these um, great fans of ours that are watching a cup a pick for tomorrow for the bet online so they can go on bet online. Absolutely. We got to do that. We got to do that right now. So I'm going to go on tomorrow. Listen, Tampa Bay is rolling right now. Arizona's rolling right now. Um, I'm going to take Tampa Bay tomorrow over Arizona. Arizona is actually playing tonight in Florida. They're getting thumped right now, three nothing in the first period. It's a long way to come west to east. That time change is 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 a little bit crazy. So um, Tampa, as good as they're playing, I'm going to take Tampa at home against Arizona. I think Arizona is due for a slide. They've been playing too good lately. Well, you know what? It's hard to believe, but Detroit is actually favored in this game tomorrow against Philly, and I think it's part of the Philly's lost three or four in a row, the Carter Hart situation, Detroit's favored. I think Detroit's going to make a push here in the second half. I'm, I'm hoping for, for my buddy Stevie Eiserman that Detroit sneaks in. I'm going to take Detroit tomorrow night at home over uh philadelphia and but before we go you need to um, yeah we got we got some exciting news man yeah. we got some exciting news so our, our podcast has been so popular and people have really enjoyed it we've had some uh we've had some people ask if we would continue and, and add a add a show so with everything going on on the weekends um everybody wants to hear what we have to say about weekend games because that's when most of the games are being watched uh, I would highly suggest everybody to go to Caffeine TV. It's a great network. 
Uh, our Snipes and Stripes is featured on Caffeine TV. Uh, just go through the network page and, and, and find No Filter on the network page. Click on it. Follow us. Watch the show on Caffeine TV. It is fantastic. It's a great watch. That um, every Monday, we're gonna Tim and I are going to make. Are, we're gonna do a show every Monday morning that is going to be aired on Caffeine TV plus anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, please feel free to download and see what we think of the weekend's games. It's going to be the Snipes and Stripes Weekend Edition every Monday on Caffeine TV. I Go love it. Search the No Filter on the follow button page, okay? Yeah. On Caffeine TV. It's going to be a great show because we're going to break down the whole weekend of hockey, baby. JR, uh, you're, you're, you got to run. What's the over under on how many autographs you sell to, you, you signed tonight in LA, buddy? Because you're a legend there. And I, I, I'm happy that you're going to be back in the building tonight. There's going to be a lot of fans that are going to be happy to see you. Well, you know what? I, I played terrible when I was here in LA. I got to get, I, I've been very forthright in saying I love playing here in LA, but I was just terrible. It's coming off the, coming off the lockout. I didn't take care of myself and I owe, I owe the fans of LA and all the, you know, the organization, just a big thank you for being supportive of me. Uh, I called Luke Robitaille, you know, Luke Robitaille says, what do you need? I got, I got whatever the tickets you need. You got VIP parking. They treat me like a King here. That's like I said, right. the LA Kings are a first class organization. They Luke are. Robitaille and, and Rob Blake and Nelson and everybody in this organization from top to bottom, the, the training staff, is a first-class run team, and I couldn't be more proud to go into that building, say hi to everybody. People are great to me there, and um, even though they could be mean to me, but they're not. So even <laughs> the fan base. And by the way, their fan base here is one of the better fan bases in the league. They are so underrated on how great fans are here at the at the new crypto center. Uh, it's pretty well, unbelievable to watch. You see Will Ferrell tonight. Make sure you take a selfie with him. Okay. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I hope Will, I hope Will Ferrell's yelling at Pierre Luc Dubois. Get your ass. <laughs> All right, Timmy. Thank you again, buddy. Again, everybody, check us out on Caffeine TV. Go to the No Filter page. Click follow. Watch. I'm telling you, you'll really enjoy that platform as well as no, as Snipes and Stripes right here on nofilter.net. I hope everybody has a great weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. See you, Timmy. I love you. Bye, buddy.